Hello and welcome back to Casting Nets Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Will Harley, and I have the honor, the privilege, and uh, and really um, I'm, I'm excited to welcome back uh, our other host, Don Winsberger. He has decided to, to come out of the covers of A Long Winter's Nap and uh, uh, join us back on, on the podcast. And um, we are excited because I think we're on fire for, for what this podcast is going to be about today. Hey, Don, for the listeners who haven't heard you for the last couple of weeks and had to been dealing with me, uh, why don't you give them a, a good hello? Hello. Um, I am really not Don Winsberger. My name is Bob McKenzie, and Pastor Harley is my brother, Doug. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, we could probably, it, we, it, believe it or not, we have not been sitting and drinking Canadian beer or any beer whatsoever. Um, but it is, it is good to be back. And, uh, I thank Pastor Harley for being patient. Uh, um, uh, things for me were, were getting, were kind of hectic over the Thanksgiving and, and Christmas seasons, the month of December here now and in January. Um, and now, uh, things are starting to slow down a bit. And so, uh, I think I thank him for being gracious. It's good to be back. I do enjoy this time together, and uh, uh, and actually, my prayer is for all of this that, uh, um, and especially in today's discussion, um, they're uh, looking for some peace of mind, um, some peace of heart, um, just for uh, again to hold on to. Um, when it seems like uh, everything is crumbling down around us, it's so wonderful to be able to go back to the promises of God um, um, to which we cling. I don't think I could have said it any better. So um, before we head on over into our, our topic, which uh, we're continuing our, our look at the Unaltered Augsburg Confession, um, we're, we're really close to the end on this, folks. Um, so if you want to go back and take a listen to, to some of the past ones uh, to to sort of catch yourself up, you certainly may do so. We are are going to talk today about Article 16, which aptly is civil government, um, and so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna jump in on that. But before we do, because we are going to be talking about the civil government, I think more than any time we've ever said it before, right? Uh, we need to give you this disclaimer, and, and that disclaimer is very simply that that everything on this show are the views and the opinions of just us. We're rambling. They're not the views and the opinions of our calling church bodies or the synod in which we are a part. Um, if you don't like what we have to say, if you disagree with something that we say, um, be an adult, turn us off. You don't have to listen. If you want to talk more about it, by all means, come and, and, and talk with us. Um, search us out. Send us an email. Give us a call. Uh, we'll be more than happy to talk with you about it. But, but you know, we're not doing this to be contentious. We are doing this because um, these are real questions dealing with real people um, and, and dealing with a real document that, that is a part of our church body and needs to be discussed. And, and it just so happens that we're dealing with things that are, are pertinent to where we're going in life. So with that uh, on our docket, we are going to have some uh, intro music into our, our next section. And uh, we're going to jump on into Article 16 of the Unaltered Augsburg Confession dealing with civil government.
right. Well, um, now that we have the disclaimer out of the way and we have a welcoming back for, for you, Don, kind of out of the way and, and we're looking ahead to some, some really good conversation, uh, not only now but into the future, um, probably we should, we should just say, you know, how are you feeling? Let's, let's just start there. <laughs> um, are you asking me personally? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. How are you, how are you feeling personally? You know, how I'm feeling personally is, uh, let's put it this way, things in my personal life have never been better, okay? Uh, the world around me um, just seems to be falling apart. Um, I, like uh, many other Christians, have a lot of concerns about the directions that uh, the nation in which we live is turning um, uncertainty, a lot of an- unanswered questions in the political realm um, and with government. Um, just a lot of uncertainty, uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of concern about all of the vitriol that goes on between uh, uh, p- between the American people who stand on one on, who stand on one political side or the other. Uh, there are words of hatred. Um, and disgust and disdain that get voiced um, from both sides towards each other. Um, and it almost, I hear a lot of people, there's a lot of people, and uh, there's a lot of people asking questions like Rodney King did back um, 30, 36, 37 years ago. Can't, can't we all just get along? Um, and then there's some that don't care if we get along. They just want their way. Um, my biggest fear is not necessarily, it's not completely what's this world going to be like for me next week, a month from now, a year from now. I also have concerns what this world's going to be like when my children are my age and what this country's going to be like. And I'm not the only one uh, that has the, has these questions, these concerns, the people in our pews have them and, and, and beloved brothers and sisters that sit um, to sit below the pulpit. Yes, your pastors have the same feelings and concerns that you do too. Yeah, sometimes maybe maybe we're even a little bit more concerned um, because when you know, when things maybe might drop out or when when uh, things are going on, people are looking to the pulpit for for maybe strength and guidance. Um, and saying, you know, what's pastor going to say next? Um, and, and there's uh, extra pressure there for, for us to try to sec- maybe separate our personal feelings from, from what should be said and need to be said um, um, from, from the, the, the very pages of our, of our Lord. Um, so there's, a, there's a, a definite two kingdoms going on um, in our, or a two kingdom discussion that, that's going on in our society today. Um, you know, how are we as Christians going to deal with, with this change in, in what's going on in civilization and, and, and in the society? And yet, how are we as a church supposed to deal with it? And where does this divide come from, right? And how does it work? Um, so we, have a, we have a unique situation in the 2,000 years of, of Christianity in the fact that uh, uh, the American government the United States government and that we 
that we live under and have been blessed to live under um, is unlike any other government that Christians have lived under because we have freedoms, opportunities as individual Christians, unlike, uh, you know, for the last 275 plus years, let's just say that no other Christians have, have experienced. The church uh, as a body has experienced uh, freedoms and blessings that, uh, um, and, and non-interference from government um, that, uh, that no other era in Christianity has experienced either, and there's fears that those things are about to change. I want to, uh, maybe to make it clear as we're, as we're looking at how Lutherans have always looked at this for the last 500 years, uh, and how biblical people have looked at it for all 2,000 years of Christianity, is this. Um, government is a God-ordained institution, as well as the church. Both have their tools that God has given to use. The church uses the gospel. Our purpose is to bring people to Christ, and we use that tool that the, the tools that God gives us on gospel. The government, God has ordained, and that their job is for, for law, order, peace, and stability of society. Their only tool is, is the law. Church, the church as an institution needs to remember what its mission is. The government needs to remember what its divinely, divine mission is and what its tools are. And the two are not to interfere with each other. America, you know, and let me say this, while things have been different for the last 275 years, the American Christians, and I'm not talking, and, and some denominations have not under have have always clearly understood the government shouldn't interfere with the church but the majority of american christians do not understand it is not the churches as an institution's job to interfere with the government's job but here we as individual christians and as i'm speaking to our people sitting in the pew our lay people you have a unique response. You have a unique uh, opportunity as in, in as Americans. You are citizens of both kingdoms, and so you can speak out. You can vote. Um, you can influence. And maybe even today we'll come. I think it might be good for us to do to talk about what rebellion against the government is and what it isn't. Well, and also to, and, and, and dealing along that is, is really the reality that, that violence is never an answer ever, 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 um, you know, the, and, and I think maybe this is a good segue into reading what the unaltered Augsburg confession says about, um, civil government, because I think, I, I, I think it's going to give us maybe some clarity into how we are to approach this, uh, working within society in this realm. Um, did you, if you don't mind, I, I'll just give it a quick read. It's, it's not very long. Um, yes, very short. Here's where it is. It's uh, article 16, uh, civil government. And, and it just simply is our churches teach that lawful civil regulations are good works of God. They teach that it is right for Christians to hold public office, to serve as judge, to judge matters by impartial laws sorry, imperial laws, and other existing laws, 
to impose just punishments, to engage in just wars, to serve as soldiers, to make legal contracts, to hold property, to take oaths when required by the magistrates, for a man to marry a wife or a woman to give uh, be given in marriage, uh, according to Romans 13 and 1 Corinthians 7, verse 2. Our churches condemn the Anabaptists who forbid those political offices to Christians. They also condemn those who do not locate, uh, who do not locate evangelical perfection in the fear of God and in faith, but place it in the forsaking of political offices. For the gospel teaches an external righteousness of the heart, Romans 10.10, and at the same time it does not require the destruction of the civil state or of the family. The gospel very much requires that they be preserved as God's ordinances and that love be practiced in such ordinances. Therefore, it is necessary for Christians to be obedient to their rulers and laws. The only exception is is when the commanded when they are commanded um, to sin, then they ought to obey God rather than men. So we have, uh, um, and I I just want to bring out um, there's a lot to talk about here, but I just I just want to bring out um, you know Anabaptist translation reformed right? <laughs> um, how how has that flip flopped? <laughs> right? How has that flip flopped? In our today, in in our society today, it's it's the reform that are get in the government, make these social changes, um, tell everybody this is how we're supposed to live our life, you know. Uh, and 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 during the time of Luther, um, when the Augsburg Confession, a little after Luther, when when this was all being written down, the Anabaptists were the ones saying, get out of government, you know. Let's let's destroy the family unit. Let's let's let's. Uh, um, forge a new path somewhere else in, in a different way. However, at the same time, you also had John Calvin in Switzerland who had no problem with uh, the church as long as the church was the government. Right. There's a definite mixture of those two kingdoms, right? Um, not only is the yeah. church supposed to carry the sword, uh, which is, and how ironic is that, that um, the, the thing they hated about the Catholic church was the fact that it was practicing and meddling within the government, and then they created another government where the church ran it just the same way, except they, they were in power and, and the others weren't. Uh, but isn't that the sinful nature, right? The, the sinful nature has no problem with, with us being in power. It has problems with the people we don't agree with being in power. So, so you know, and, and you see that in society. I don't care what party you're a part of. I don't care what side you fall on. You know, when one of the other people do it, it's bad. But when you do it, it's okay. And 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 you see that. Um, I mean, that's 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 what's going on right now in in the debates. You know, and and there is something to be said about the discrepancy of the two. And 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 you kind of know where I'm going with this, right? Um, I'm I'm just I don't mean to be contentious, but but here's a really good example of what I'm talking about. Earlier in the summer, we had riots of people burning down cities. I mean, they're just burning, whatever the reason was, they were burning down cities and we were told that's peaceful protest, right? And, and, and then all of a sudden the other political uh, side of our country um, shows up on the lawn of the white house during, during the, the electoral vote counting. And granted 
things happened that were not acceptable at all. Um, and, and it was violent and it was horrible and it should not have been tolerated. But all of a sudden, you know, that same vein of behavior is, oh, that's, that's anarchy. You can see the discrepancy the, the, this, when the shoe's on the other side, when the shoe's on the other foot, it's like everything has changed. Um, and really that's. Isn't, isn't that why our, you know, I don't want to get too far off, off the point, but it just makes me think, isn't that what reason that our founding fathers called the, the constitutional Republic, the grand experiment? Um, because they, uh, because many of them knew the sinful nature and how the sinful, the sinful human beings have such a difficulty handling freedom. Well, wasn't it Benjamin Franklin as he after the signing of the the Declaration of Independence um, when he left? I I want to I want to say I read it in one of his biographies when he left. Uh, or um, he was asked by the people who were standing around, right? They were they were wanting to know what kind of government we were going to have, and they said, "Are we a monarchy or are are we a republic?" And um, Benjamin Franklin, I guess, was quoted as saying, um, "We are a republic as long as you can hold it." Yeah. Um, and, and that's, and I think that's what you're saying is, is it's this grand, we, we've been living relatively, um, by God's grace in this country under the grand experiment that, that people are going to come together to solve their differences. Um, and I, and I think we're seeing in society now that that was wishful thinking by and large, um, that that uh, people are going to be able to come together to do those things, um, especially when 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 there's people on both sides who want their way over and above everyone else. Um, and, and- I, you know, one of the, uh, a, you know, I've have been having discussions. It's come up in our Bible studies at church and stuff. Things, discussions, pe- questions that people have, and one of the things that I want to want to explain to our people too is we're just Again, when we gave our disclaimers and all this stuff, too, I also want to give another disclaimer here. We're discussing neither one of us and none of our pastors should ever, ever even give the close hint to say that uh, that we know what the future is bringing. We don't. Um, this is just stuff that is being bantered about and as we're and questions that people have. Um also, and, and I guess my point is because uh, the other day um, I wanted to, and actually I think it was while we pastors were talking yesterday morning, um, we want to stay away from uh, uh, two terms. They're big, they're big highfalutin terms called fatalism and nihilism, um, which means that uh, uh, you know, hey, the worst is coming, and 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 there and there's and there's and there's no sense and there's no sense to. To, to, to squirm about it or, or to fight about it or to um, or to do anything about it. No, that we're not saying we are not we are not saying those things. Only the Lord knows what's in the future. And here's the thing: and all the things that we're talking about, God's grace and God's promises have not stopped. They will not stop. And God's promises to His people, the church, is that the gates of hell will never prevail against it. Um. We are living even right now with things, you know, let, let, let's, I shouldn't even say even right now, but let's just say this. We 
God's people throughout the last 2,000 years have, and even today there are people in other parts of the world that have, that, 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 that are facing situations that for us are unthinkable. We can't even imagine. And God's grace is still with them. His promises are still with them. His love, his mercy, the gates of hell have not prevailed against them. And they will not prevail against us either. Just because things aren't the way that we're used to doesn't mean that God doesn't love us or that good things aren't going to come from it. Yeah, and I think Just that, to that no, I, that's a really good way to go because, um, I, I mean, we can approach this from a couple of different ways. You know, like you said, there are places, there are places right now in in our in our day and age where, where we would say the gospel is rightfully perse or is not rightfully, but but is persecuted. Right? It, it is it is being persecuted actively. That's the word you want to maybe use. And yet, and Christians are dying, and, and they're being martyred. Yes, and yet the church is flourishing, and 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 the gospel is being shared, and God's work is being done, and people and God's people are being taken care of, um, whether it is in 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 being taken home to heaven or or however you want to say. But I, I think also it's it's good to be said that you know you come back to this this idea that our government that we are currently living in is a great experiment, and it's not the first time that governments have changed. It is not the first time that they have morphed into something else. Um, I, I just go back to I, I I go back to Samuel, right? Um, and I'm I'm thinking I've been thinking on, on that every now and then too. Um, you go back to Samuel, and and you had the time of the judges, and everyone did what they thought was you know what they wanted to do, um, and and then finally it comes to its head, right? The the, the pimple comes to its head, and um, they say to Samuel, they say, uh, "We want a king like everyone else." Because we're we're tired of having this theocracy where God is 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 telling us and leading our country through prophets and judges, um, we 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 want to have our our own king. And what is it that Samuel does? Samuel immediately set, takes offense to that and and thinks, okay, they're against me. And the Lord has to tell him they're not. It has nothing to do with you. This is a standing against me. And so give them what they want. And they got a king, right? And the first king was a flop. Um, and the second king was pretty good. This, the third king was, eh, he had his moments, and then it was a flop for pretty much the rest of that time. Um, sometimes God changes governments to give us what we think we want um, so that we come back to him. Um, and, and we realize that our hope and comfort doesn't rest in these external things. It rests solely in him. And And... and and how we interact with that government is a, is really a, a a more of a statement of our vocational calling than it is of of our justification, right? Um, you know, the we are not going to hell just because the government doesn't look the way we wanted it to. Um, we only go to hell. Some white, what's that? Some white things I've heard come from people in the pew. Um, and actually have been great help for me is that um, our government, our political party, our politicians, our president, none of them are our savior. Right. We have a savior. Um, Jesus is our savior. And, and it's one of the dangers that I, I have seen 
here in the political climate, especially in the last how many, you know, uh, let's just toss out their decade. How many, how many, when you, when you see how, how worked up many, many Christians and, and non-Christians get about this, it makes me ask the question, who is your God? Is it politics? And I have to ask myself this, who has been my God? You know, yeah, I mean, God is God. Jesus is Jesus. But you know what? But how many times have I, have I misplayed or have I uh, moved him and put something else in his, and someone else in his place? And, and, and can I just pause you here? I, I want to see, I want to, I want to tell our, our listeners how easy that, that happens. Um, and, and maybe you're like me. It, it happens so easily and so maliciously in, in, in something so simple as every morning I get up and I turn on the, the specific feeds that I look at for, for politics, and then I find myself gravitating to go back to them all the time throughout the day. And, and, then, and I've stopped this eventually. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm to the point I look at it in the morning and I'm done. I don't open it up throughout the day. I don't open it up when I get, at, get home at night. Um, I have a different app for weather, so I don't have to turn on the the, the news, because I was finding that that it was infest. I like I noticed in myself that that my my brain was starting to think more of what's happening in the political sphere, what's happening to the country now, what's happening to this, and and it can easily be you know somebody who works the stock market too, right? You're you're on it, and you you got to know what's happening up and down, up and down, because that becomes your savior. And and I said to myself. I've, you know, at one point when I, when I decided I was only going to look at it in the morning, I had to step back and say, something is, something is missing in my life. And the thing that's missing is I used to, I used to be gathering around the word this diligently. And, and that's been supplanted by the ease of access to all this other information that I don't really need right now. On the, on the converse side, Pastor Howley, I'm going to ask you to take us in this direction because I believe that in the course of this podcast, it's important for us to talk about it, and it is related to you, what you just talked about, but on a wide, broader scale. Please explain to us why the Lutheran Church does not have a lobbying party in Washington. Well, we don't have a lobbying party because it is not the place of the church to stand in in, in the realm of government and to lobby for, for such things. Um yeah, in our confessions, we say it's okay for our individual members to be a part of these things and, and to do them, which is good. And we encourage such things if you can, as a Christian, stand up in those spheres. But we are we are not, the, the Lutheran Church is not for social reform. And, and we're not for social justice in the sense, and, and, and now that's the trigger word, and I'm, it's a trigger word. Um, we're not in the sense... Just, <laughs> When I when I speak of the Lutheran Church, I am I'm talking about Wisconsin Synod, Evangelical Lutheran Synod, Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, uh, Church of the Lutheran Confession, the smaller Lutheran Church bodies, the largest Lutheran Church body in America, which will be remain nameless, ELCA, um, it does have a lobbying, but it does it does do that lobbying, but in my in my observation, the that church body is more worried about the physical and the political than about the spiritual to begin with. Right. And that's what I was going to say is that the, you know, you asked the question, why don't we have a lobbying 
party. And, and the reason is, is because our concern is the spiritual welfare of, of the people placed into our care, the spiritual welfare of, of, of those who are in our communities. So our, our, our first and foremost concern is, is that, is that we preach, teach and, and, and lift up Jesus Christ before the eyes of, of everyone. Now, does that bring maybe social and that's why I said we, we're not we're not in the political realm for social change, but does does Christ bring around a social change? Yeah, I, I think he does because you know a, a person who is is a, a believer um, in in Christ whose heart has been changed will vocationally live that in their life. Uh, and they they're going to be the fathers, the mothers, the 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 workers, the, the, the judges, the politicians that they are meant to be because they're being fed on the very word and sustenance of Christ who, who changes who they are. And so their whole outlook changes on life, right? But that but that's yeah. not but that's not something we can regulate by by having a lobbyist say, uh, I, I need a law that says do this and don't do that or or produce this and don't produce that. Um, and I think that's where that's where where we have to make that that split and say, you know, we're not social. We're not a social reformer uh, in the sense of let's go through the government. We are. If you're going to call us a social reformer, it's only because we're reformed by Christ um, to be better than what we were. Well said. Well said. But but I I think and- I, I I here's but here's my question to you in response to that though. Um, my, my question to you in response to that is how many of our people, and, and maybe I'm asking too much, how many of our people or even our, our pastors have used that excuse of we don't get into politics to um, either guide our members away from engaging in the world or have ourselves now refused to engage in the world? Okay, that's a good question, Kit. I'm going to throw, we'll, we'll play some theological tennis here. Um, is in looking at things, uh, uh, Luther, uh, you know, for, if, in the doctrinally and biblically Lutheran, how much, how much does that fall into the vocation of the call or the doctrine of the of call of, of the call of vocation, of life vocation? Um, and, and if I recall, Luther had made an effect too that the best citizens are the ones that are living out their Christian calling. Um, mom changing, changing baby's diapers, dad helping out around the house and doing his job. Um, you know, the, the farmer milking the cows and shoveling the manure that as we're living out our, our life vocations, um, and, and fed by word and sacrament, um, that is the best. That is the best influence on society that one can have. Not saying. Not saying that. Uh, that you know. And once again, we. And I also want to temper this because Luther had no concept of an American government when he was alive five hundred years ago. No, in fact, and, and in fact, he was struggling with having just a concept of of electors and and having a. Um a king figurehead um, because I mean, even in his time they had free States and then they had, they had States that were or free cities and then, and then areas that were under electorates. 
and, and they all kind of gave a, a loose subscription to a, um, a monarch. I'll give you a, I'll give you an illustration here. I think this is getting to your point. Um, and this goes back decades and all of us, maybe many of us can relate to this because in our own families, we have people that, uh, you know, we're not all of the same political persuasion or, or, uh, political beliefs or so forth. And that's okay. Um, few, uh, going back 20 years ago, it was just, uh, it was just before election. And I have a dearly loved relative and family member of my age. We grew up together, sat in the pew together, got confirmed together yada yada um and uh this this lady has my my beloved family member has much different political beliefs than me anyway one of the comments she made to me just before election time was when she said to me remember when you go to vote to leave your bible at home and i i knew exactly what she meant by that and i said you're talking about separation of church and state and she says yes and I said, you do understand, my beloved family member, that uh, that separation of church and state does not call for the Christian to throw their, bibli- their, their, their firmly held biblical beliefs in the garbage can before walking into the voting booth. Separation of church and state, my beloved family member, I said, means is that the government keeps its nose out of the church's business and the church as an institution keeps its nose out of the government's business. I said, however, for you and me as individual as individual Christians, we have the right to influence as individuals according to, our, uh, to our, uh, how our conscience and our religious beliefs guide us. So, no, I will not leave my Bible outside the voting booth. But, but I see, you know, that's the... That's the great lie we've convinced ourselves of, uh, and and the great lie that we've convinced ourselves of is is the car, uh, the 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 compartmentalization of. I I do religion on Sunday, for an hour, and then I go home and I I do other things not religious not religion and I I put that I put religion in a drawer and I close the drawer. Um, every and, every church building needs this sign on the door heading on all of the exits. You are now entering the mission field. Well, right. And that's, and that would be a true statement that, that you are now entering into um, what, what, what you're called to do. But that being said, but that being said, I, and, and here, and I agree with that, but, but I still think the ultimate problem, and, and this is the sinful nature, keep rearing its ugly head, and 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 um, there's a joy in saying that I'm. I thank the Lord that that I am not saved because of the perfect uh, the the purity and 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 the perfect nature of my own doctrine, because I don't get it right, <laughs> like I should. Um, but but here it is, the Lutheran Church so very clearly says that we are called to engage vocationally in living out our Christian life in in these good institutions, right? to make them better and God-pleasing. That is a good thing. But what, even in the stating of what the Anabaptists did, in the stating of what Reformed has a tendency to do, we've stripped the the spiritual um, motivation that we have because we are found in Christ to, be, to serve one another. We've stripped it down to, now I'm spiritual because I've done something that looks good on the outside. But I'm a whitewashed tomb. 
And and it can happen in the opposite way. It can happen so so easily in saying, "I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to uh, um, live out my Christian life in this area because I have to have the separation of church and state. And if the state wants to do this, I'm going to let them do this because there's this separation. That, that's that's not in at least in our government right now. It's maybe changing. I don't know. But but in the government right now, that's not the way that that we are called to live. That 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 that's not the way that that we would see our Christian life work out. I, I, I guess I'd, I, I think we are, we are using, picking and choosing what we want um, in our Christian walk to what is comfortable for us. And not maybe yeah. what is what, what should be right and good to do. Does that make any sense? Um, oh yeah. We've had, you and I have had these personal conversations before um, where we have people of all ages um, in our churches saying, Pastor, don't make me struggle with this. Just tell me what I should do. Just tell me. Don't make me wrestle with it. Give me law. Um so and really and what and here's what it comes down to. It comes down so the sinful nature can say when it doesn't work, it's not my fault. Right. It's somebody else's. Right. Or or even today, and, and I see this with the youth of today, right? The youth of today, they look at our church and they say, Okay, well, you have the gospel, yeah, you have the sacraments, good, but what do you do with it? You know, that's the that's this big trend now is but you're not doing anything. Well, it's is it the, really the job of the church to do that for you to organize how you're supposed to live? Because if it is, then that's law, or is it or is it the the gift of the Spirit for you to now go and take what you have received in word and sacrament and live it in your life? I'm going to throw I'm going to throw something out here that might not be popular with. Uh, with a lot of Lutheran, with, with a lot of Lutherans and a lot of Lutheran clergy today is, is that you look back and I'm not saying that what we have kind of morphed into over the last 50, 60 years as, as conservative Lutheran church bodies, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but you look back, I look back when I was growing up, I grew up in a small rural community. Actually, our church was probably one of the big, the biggest, was the biggest church in town other than the two uh, other than the Catholic community. Um, we had about 800, we had about 800 souls, members of the church. We had a Lutheran elementary school. Uh, and this is what went on during the week, worship and education at the school and confirmation class. Not saying that there couldn't be more done, but you know what? Uh, effective ministry was being done. And this was something that went on for, you know, for a good part of the way ministry went on in the, in the Lutheran church for, 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 for centuries. Now, that being said is this, I think that there was, because here you had the thing, people were being fed with word and sacrament on Sunday morning, and that was fueling them to live their lives when they went home. And people were doing that for the most part, or for... Or, or more people were doing that. I won't even say for the most part. Um, now it look, you know, that it, 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 it even where sometimes we can be guilty as a church and even as clergy to say, well, people aren't really be living their faith. 
unless they're inside the walls of this building, unless they're in a Bible study um, or, or whatever. And you know something? That is, the, the Bible doesn't say that. My, I mean, what that what that gets dangerously close to are the are the cloisters and the monasteries of uh, of the Catholic Church back in med- medieval times. Where okay, I'm doing these things inside the church. That's better than doing this stuff outside the church. Well, and it wasn't, and and like, and and going a step further, you know. It's not just the stuff inside the church, but if it's a church organization or a church, you know, that that we'll we'll put it under the auspice of we're going to get together to go do this and we're going to go and and this is the church work. You know, I I remember I remember when I was in winter, um, the Methodist church in winter, they would have a, a, a group of people. They would get together and they'd go down and and they would go and serve. Uh, lunch at the the food pantry in in um, Sioux Falls, they would drive all the way to Sioux Falls. And they would serve at the the homeless food pantry, and um, one of the members at the congregation in Trinity um, said, "Well, that's ministry, Pastor, and 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 that's such a wonderful thing that they're doing. Look at all this wonderful ministry." And I said, "That's not ministry," and he says, "Yes, it is." And and I said, "Do they talk about Jesus? Do they share Jesus at any any time while they're down there?" Oh well, I'm not exactly sure. So he went one time, and and stood there, and they drove for the three hours to get there. They spent the couple hours doing the, the handing out the the food, and they got back into the van to drive back. And everyone patted themselves on the back and said, "Wow, we did such a great job in ministry." And not once was Christ mentioned, not once. But everyone felt good about themselves. Um, but let, let's just do another thing. You know, you know, back in you you mentioned the monasteries. Was it um, of the one of the old tales of of. Um, St. Francis, one of the monastery monks who had, uh, had another monk that he was in charge of and, and, uh, um, they were going to go out and minister to the town. And so they, they came out of the monastery, they started walking and they, they, they walked all through town and the, the, the other monk who was with him, uh, thought they were going to make stops at certain spots and, and, and maybe preach or share the word. But St. Francis just kept walking, just kept walking. He walked all the way through town, all the way around town, came all the way back, and uh, uh, stopped at the monastery again to go inside. And and when the his other monk that was following him said, well, you know, uh, when are we going to preach the gospel? He was told, we just did. We showed them who we were, and that was preaching the gospel. And and and, and I think we live in that 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 segment today. Um, where, where we have convinced ourselves that really we don't have to say anything. We shouldn't say anything. We can't say anything. And and we live these separate lives. And, and if we are Christian, then we're only doing stuff in church and that's what's Christian and not stuff outside where, where this is this whole interaction with the civil authorities, civil government in the Augsburg confession is saying, it's good for you to live your vocational life. Um, as a forgiven child of God in these areas, and, and to do so reflecting on what you've been given. Amen to that. But again, the sinful nature muddies the water for everything, right? Um, it always does. Yeah. Um, it's like uh, our sainted um, collegiate professor, um, uh, 
Dan Deutschlander talks about, you know, again, the, the narrow, narrow Lutheran middle, which is actually the narrow biblical middle. Um, uh, the walk of faith is always, I mean, it's, it's avoiding extremes. Um, and, and that is difficult. That is difficult for all of us. It is. Um, and, you know, here's something even now to bringing that up. You look at, I, I look at, it, hey, it's a temptation for all of us. Uh, as as Christians, whether we're clergy or whatever, and as we look at the things, uh, it's so easy to go to an extreme with what's going on right now. And actually, when I look at it, how often in the course of 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 this over the last twelve years, and maybe even looking back twenty in the political realm, um, as the political climate has kind of shifted in the United States for the last two decades. How, 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 I mean, I have to ask myself, I can't answer that question for you or any of our listeners, but how, 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 how often I have gone too far to an extreme? Well, it's the first instinct um, because in, in deep down inside of all of us is the sinful nature and that the, the first instinct is to retaliate. The first instinct is to go with what we know. Um, I, and I would agree. And I'd also just say that that I think the frustration comes, and, and maybe follow me just a little bit on this. Um, it might be a little rabbit trail. But um, the, I think the frustration comes is when we look at the government today, we see a lot of people who have entered the government under the disguise of, of saying they're a Christian as a selling point. Um, you know, how many people have run for, I mean, even in the state level or, or the city level, they have said, I'm a member of, and then they throw in a church, right? And and they haven't, sh- they, they don't show up. <laughs> they're not worshiping there. <laughs> they're not gathering around the gifts of God there. Um, and then you sort of see that as it plays out in, in, in the policies that they are doing. You're like, they, you, you can see they're not a Christian. Um, and then you have a couple who are, and, 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 and you stand back in awe and say, wow, the fact that they were able to stand up for that, right, for what is good, um, you know, good to them, you know, kudos for for them standing up. So, I mean, there is both in in the government right now as it stands. There are there are people that I I think are are Christians that are doing the best they can, and then I think there are some there that are are under the disguise of Christianity to get the votes, um, and they they kind of give a bad name to everybody. Um, but but for us as individuals, um. Let's talk a little bit about in the, in the last few minutes that we have. I, I think we got to come back down to it because we we've suffered for it in our in our nation recently, and and we will again, I'm sure. Um, again, not looking into a crystal ball because I have none. Um, as Christians who are frustrated, right? As Christians who are frustrated, um, how? maybe a multifold question how can we how how can we fix this or how can we confront it and and should we confront it i i think because because what we are seeing is the civil government is changing good bad or indifferent it's changing um and in our frustration as christians how can we approach this healthy in a healthy way, and and should we? 
approach it in a healthy way? Or, or should we approach it at all? Those are good questions. And maybe, again, there's... There, that this maybe is something this this is something that's probably approached from a few different directions in holy scripture um uh one of the things i would say is you know look at here one of the things we've talked about just in the last calendar year uh something that i find that would apply here it with covid um, and as our churches were making decisions on what was the best things to do with uh, suggestions and mandates and so forth being brought down from the medical uh, field and with government, one of the things that we often told our people with vocation, stay in your lane. Okay, stay in your lane. And I think that there is a, a lot of that that applies here. Um knowing when to stay in our lane and also realizing that we do have a lane as individual Christians where we can um, share our voice, we, uh, uh, we can write to our politicians, we can call them, we can voice our cares and concerns in a, in a God-pleasing way. Also, we need to remember one thing that Scripture clearly points out for citizens of all ages, praying for those that have been placed in positions of authority over us. Um, so often we forget that. It's so easy to complain um, instead of to pray for it. And the people, that those people need our prayers rather than our complaints and our bickering and, 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 crit and criticisms and all of that. Not saying that there isn't a place for criticism, but hopefully you understand what I mean. Um, you know, and, uh, and then uh, as people, and then looking at it here, uh, you made a comment, and I know you didn't mean it by this, but this is how our sinful nature, um, our sinful nature uh, thinks. What can I do to fix this? There's nothing. This is, you know what? There's only the Lord can fix things. And how does the Lord fix things? Through word and sacrament. And here is something that is that, that we often very, very often forget. This has been part and parcel of Christianity since day number one. As we live our lives and reflect the, reflect the light of Christ, that's how hearts and actions are changed. Uh, that, uh, because, you know what, people see a difference. They see us, they see Christians living drastically different in an upside-down world. And it causes conversation. It, it, it creates opportunities to share Christ verbally. To yeah. share the word. Countercultural, right, is a, is the kind of term yeah. that they like to use. Um, yeah. And, and, and maybe... And I want to you, dear listeners, I'm preaching to myself here because I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling it with myself. I'm struggling with it for my family. I'm struggling with it for my congregation. These are answers that these are questions that I'm asking and, and, and actually answer, and having to answer too in a God pleasing way. Yeah, and it seems it seems uh, make myself the hypocrite. <laughs> um, you know, I love the freedoms that we have in this nation. I love the freedoms that the 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 Constitution has given and afforded us. Um, but you know, I just, I, I just was having this think. You were just this thought. You were, you're saying how, how we live out our vocation, right? 
and 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 what is ultimately like in my case what is ultimately my 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 vocation yes vocation of pastor um professionally but but ultimately my vocation is is father and husband right and 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 all that's ultimately my first vocation um actually husband than father if you want to be specific and, and as i think about it and this is what makes me the hypocrite. I don't run my house as a democracy or a republic. <laughs> I do you? <laughs> From no. every conversation you have ever had with me, it's it it is the it is the uh, the it is it is pretty my much the. My daughter will be the first to tell you that our that our home is not a democracy, <laughs> and sometimes it's not even a monarchy. <laughs> yeah, but but I mean, and that's what I'm saying. It makes me the hypocrite because because it's okay in my house to live that way, right? It, it it's a, it's an okay it's okay for that. Um, when my when my kids come up and they say it's not fair, and I say, well, you know, this isn't, and I'll even I'll even tell them this isn't a democracy. This is not a republic. You don't get a vote. It it, it your mother and I rule this roost, um, and 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 we're okay with that, um, and yet we fight tooth and nail, right, for any any change that would make us feel uncomfortable, um, you know, I don't know if it was Luther, I I, I can't remember. Um, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but, but one of the, one of the Reformation church fathers had made a, a mention that really the best form of government is a God-fearing monarchy, right? Um, based off of what we even have in our homes, that, that it's a God-fearing monarchy, it, it, that, 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 that's, God is placed into the hands of the mother and of the father, um, the opportunity to share grace with the children, to 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 do what is best for them, to live for them, and not to say everyone has a vote, and then we'll do whatever you guys all think, but but for them to do what is what they feel is best. Um, it, it, and you're 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 touching on something. This is something that I dealt with in the ministry um, almost two decades ago. With, and now, and I won't get into all of it, but I'm just going to summarize it in a short couple of sentences. Uh, so many American. There are many American Christians today that believe that uh, that our wonderful constitutional republic um, is is a, is a divinely handed down, or that actually that the, that the thoughts, the beliefs, and the documents were almost divinely handed down to the founding fathers, like the Ten Commandments um, to Moses. That is not the case. Uh, there were many godly men, and notice that I don't use the word Christian. There were some, but there were many godly men who who had a had a had a good handle on many godly principles, who uh, put a lot of thought um, into into the, our, our Constitution, our Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence, and the formation of this government, but. It was, this is not something, this was not something formulated by God and hand, divinely handed down from his hands to human beings. Um, and so I am not saying that I want to see the government, that, that this nation that I grew up in, um, change or, 
or, or, or, or fall away. But you know what? If it does, that does not mean that God does not love us. That does not mean that God is not in control. That does not mean that God is not going to bless us and his church. It just means that something's changed. Yes. But God is still unchanging. And it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that I have to like it. Right. And, and I like how you said, and, and just because the world changes around us, we have one thing that is unchanging. Um, and, yeah. and, and that goes back to, and, and it goes back to what we've been trying to say this whole entire podcast, which is we, we are not, we're not tethering ourselves or anchoring ourselves in the bay of such unrest as civil authority, even though we engage in it, even though it is, it is okay and God pleasing to do so as your vocational calling, as you are living your life as a Christian within them. But that's not where we're finding our hope and comfort. We're not finding our salvation there in, in what, what, society can can hand us and what government can give us we we find our our really our peace of mind our comfort in in what is unchanging which is the promises of our lord and savior jesus christ his word his sacraments given to us serving us um strengthening us freeing us from the shackles of sin death the very power of the grave um i i i think i think that's been said you've said it so very very well um but that kind of the summation right Yes. Uh, Pastor Harley, I have uh, some things I need to attend here, but uh, I think a great way um, to close our podcast here would be with a prayer that I've got here in our notes that really summarize everything that we've been talking about very succinctly. Well, how about you lead us in that prayer, and we'll, we'll signal that as the, as the, the, the going out song of, of our podcast today. Thank you. Almighty God, you've given us this good land as our heritage. Grant that we remember your generosity and constantly do your will. Bless our land with honest industry, truthful education, and an honorable way of life. Save us from violence, discord, and confusion, from pride and arrogance, and from every evil course of action. Grant that we who came from many nations with many different languages may become a united people. Support us in defending our liberties and give up those and give those to whom we have entrusted the authority of government, the spirit of wisdom, that there may be justice and peace in our land. When times are prosperous, may our hearts be thankful and in troubled times, do not let our trust in you fail. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen.